Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another night of broadcast on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. Comments heard on tonight's broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Blog Talk Radio, the Soul of America Radio, or its host. If you are generally sensitive to certain topics and or have spiritual beliefs that prohibit you from discussing or participating in certain topics of a sensitive nature, listener discretion is advised. And now, located in in the bright golden studio of the Soul of America Radio, I present to you right now, Live tonight from the Soul of America Radio Studio. 
studios. Well, I'm not in my normal studios, but I is here. A lot going on to talk about tonight, but mainly I am here to talk about the Zimmerman trial, like everybody else in America. And uh, I got a, I had an hour and a half schedule, but I don't think I'm going to be that long. I'll probably just say what I got to say and get on out of here. How about that? Would that do you? So welcome back to Soulful Talk Radio, and uh, I'm about to get started. I probably won't do the whole hour and a half. I got some other things that came up, but I love you guys so much that I tuned in just for you. How about that? I'm Tony Stallings. I do it better. At least that's what I'm told. And um, tonight, hot, hot, hot. I don't mean the news, I mean in the house. <laughs> I know that, that the heat is, I know that the air is working, but apparently it's not working good enough. I mean, the cold air is coming out, but the hot air just ain't giving up. Y'all know what I mean? Plus, I'm sipping on coffee. How about that? So welcome back to another night in beautiful downtown hell. You're listening to Tony Stallings live on the Soul of America radio. The new and improved Tony Stallings. First of all, as we start the show out, um, I wanted to uh, give uh, my condolences to uh, our, one of our hosts, uh, J.R. Thicklin, uh, with the re- recent passing of his mother. Um, we at the Soul of America radio studios express our condolences, and we'll... Um, Sorry to hear about his loss. Uh, he has made this public on Facebook, so I don't mind sharing it. And I ask that you extend your prayers um, out to. Uh, hold on a second. Okay, I ask that you extend your prayers out to him and uh, his family. I'm pretty sure this is a a rough time for him. And I want you guys to um, show him some love if you uh, if you can. And uh, I'm about to open up the chat room in just a minute. Uh, uh, so feel free to dial me on my chat. Also, I'm going through a self-analysis here on my uh, board. So pardon me if I sound distracted. So you know we have a lot going on this week, especially with the uh, with the Trayvon Martin trial, and that's specifically why I had the show. Um, my um, schedule has really not permitted me to be a part of the broadcasting, but that won't last long. As soon as I get wait a minute, hold on a second. As soon as I get everything worked out, oh I'm on the air. I just wanted to make sure I was on the air. As soon as I get everything worked out with uh, with my work schedule, I will be back. Uh, I love talk radio. I love you guys. Uh, it's just that I have my, my work schedule changed, and my entire life flipped around because of it. So I've had to make adjustments in that. Uh, so it has kept me from my passion and my love, which is talk radio. But the only catch to that is it, they pay me to be there. I am not being paid to spend my evening with you lovely ladies and gentlemen. Not at this time, but I am looking forward to that real soon. So uh, that is why I have not been here. And so for those of you that that did not catch the beginning of the show, 
Uh, I want you to extend uh, your prayers out to the family of J.R. Thicklin, our host for Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness, as the recent passing, as he is going through the recent passing of his mother. So keep Jay in your prayers, he and his family. Uh, he's a, he's, he, 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 he does a host. He hosts a show each week on domestic violence. And so I, I want you guys to kind of stay with him and keep his prayers, keep him in your prayers. So uh, with that being said, I, I just want to say that tonight's show, um, I'm going to talk about the Trayvon Martin situation. Now, I debated as to whether or not I should remain neutral, uh, whether or not I should be impartial, and I decided to just uh, express myself uh, the way I want to about it. It's my show. Uh, It's my station, my brand. Um, So I'm going to let you know what's on my mind. Um, And and let me start off by saying that... uh, when this first happened, um, I wasn't really, I, I was really feeling like, well, why aren't we like this when it's black on black? Uh, I mean, my, my position was, well, when black people kill black people, y'all don't care. Uh, you know, we don't have the outcry, the outrage. Um, that was initially my point of view. And as time went on, and uh, I got involved in watching the case, and I kept seeing the parents of uh, Trayvon Martin. And I, I don't know many of you have children. I'm sure some of you do. Um, I got four kids, and uh, I got one about Trayvon's age. And so I got to thinking, after I listened to the you know, I, I, we all have heard the 911 tape. I, I've got, I've got a, a audio bits of it tonight. I'm going to be playing it a little bit, but I'm not going to wear you out with a bunch of audio because we all know, we all have heard it. Um, and um, so, after I, I, I got into it a little bit, I, I began to realize that there's a third element to this thing. There's his parents, and. Um, they just knew that their son, um, well, from what they've been told, he went to the store. And uh, like most kids, he's you know, he's a child. I know the defense attorney does not like for people to portray Trayvon Martin as a child, but he's 17, he was 17 when he died. So legally, that makes him a child. And... Um, having a child about Trayvon's age really pulled me in to look at it from a different view. So tonight, my show is not to, I mean, I'm not really trying to stir up anything. I'm not trying to gather the people together. I'm not trying to start a rally. You know, the problem I have with all of that, and I'm just going to be honest with you, and do I do that yet? I have somebody telling me, okay, tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a quick break. Um, when I come back, I wanted to tell you, uh, get into the meat and potatoes and share something uh, sort of personal with you. Um, I don't know how you're going to take it. Uh, some of you will probably quit listening to me, 
Um, some of you might not like me anymore. I don't know. Might defriend me on Facebook. That's the ultimate killer these days, defriending people on Facebook. And uh, that's okay if you do. I understand. Uh, you know, but uh, my job, God has uh, um, uh, given me the the, 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 the platform to uh, to say these things. So after I get back from this very brief message, because uh, I've got to take one or two items and get them aligned properly, once I do that, uh, I am going to come back and uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about uh, that portion of it. Um, I see that I've got several people, you got lots of people on the call, and I see that a couple of you have already requested to speak, and, I, and I'm going to get to you. I see area code 503. I see area code 916. And uh, before I uh, take calls, I'm going to say a few things, but I did want to say that tonight on these type of shows, be prepared for some ignorant races, and races come in all colors, but be prepared for some ignorant races to try to come on here and say the N-word, say something derogatory. I want you to know that I do have caller ID, and I will report you when you call this show and you make derogatory remarks and you will be blocked. So if, you, if you're if you waiting to say something smart or say something uh, negative, go ahead and hang up because I'm, I'm going to uh, get your number, and, uh, and I know your personal number wherever you're calling from. So with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break, and when I come back, I'm going to get this thing started, okay? So y'all hang in there. Uh, this is Tony Stallings' show, and you're listening to the Soul of America Radio. Be right back. Don't go nowhere, please. I'm going to get right back into it.
Because we've been talking about Zimmerman, 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 Zimmerman. And all of a sudden we're talking about his state of mind. What was he feeling? What was he thinking? How scared was he? There were two people involved. Sabrina Fulton is his mom. And for those of you that are not aware, Trayvon Martin uh, was in Sanford, Florida. I don't know why you wouldn't be aware, but he was in Sanford, Florida, visiting a friend with his dad. And um, he went to the store to get candy and a drink. And the gentleman named George Zimmerman that calls himself the Neighborhood Watch Captain happened to see Trayvon coming back from the 7-Eleven with the candy and the and the drink. And he said that he thought he looked suspicious, high on drugs, and was up to something, and uh, and pursued, started to follow him, uh, confronted. They eventually had a fight after some type of confrontation, and uh, we all know who lost the fight, regardless of what the court's telling you. Who lost the fight was 17-year-old Trayvon Martin, a child. And I know that the, the defense doesn't like to refer to Trayvon as a child, but when you're 17 years old, you are a child. So he was killed, and subsequently the police didn't really arrest uh, Zimmerman right away. After much protest and after the nation got uproared, they arrested Zimmerman. So here we are in the middle of a trial this week, and the jury has rested its case. But how did the mom find out? Well, apparently she got a call from Trayvon's father, and he told her that the boy was, he said, Trey, Trey is gone. Trey is gone. That was the first thing she heard. Trey is gone. Now, you know, we've heard all of the court talk. We've heard people talking about the, 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 the situation and how it happened. The mom picked up the phone and heard that he died. He's gone. That's how she found out. Now, the boy's father uh, said somebody shot Trey and killed him. And she said, are you sure? You know, and he was like, she was like, how do you know that it's Trayvon? He said they showed me a picture. And that was February 24th, one day after Trayvon was shot. Now, the father thought that Trayvon was missing, and according to the lawyer, uh, but the boy's body had actually been in the medical examiner's office and had been listed as a John Doe. Many of you may not know that. So the father had called the missing persons unit with no luck. Then he called 911. The police asked the father to describe the boy. When the officers came to the house, they showed him a picture and said, is this him? It was a picture with blood coming out of his mouth. You know, this is a nightmare scenario for any parent. Think about it, those of you that have children, and I know you don't, you kind of block that out, but I want you to see this from the parent's perspective before we get into anything the events that led up to this as posed many questions. Now, Trayvon had left the house that he and his father was visiting to walk to the local 7-Eleven. On the way back, and I'm kind of re- recapping, he caught the attention of George Zimmerman. George Zimmerman saw it saying he looks suspicious, and I- I'm not going to bombard you with 911 calls or nothing like that. I promise I'm not. 
But I did want you to hear, uh, I believe I got, I don't think I have his, uh, his, uh, I, I don't, I don't. Anyway, he said that he looked suspicious and so forth, okay? And they got him a physical altercation, and, well, we know the, the end result. He had a bullet wound to the chest that fatally killed him. That's how we got where we are. There was Zimmerman standing with blood on his face, the back of his head, grass stains, according to the Orlando Sentinel. And there's Trayvon's lifeless body. It was taken away, tagged, and held. Okay? One point is, Trayvon is black, Zimmerman is not. You say, well, what difference does that make, Tony? I'm going to get to that. He was he was buried on March 3rd. Now, his mom and dad knew that he was going he had gone to 7-Eleven, got candy and skittles, candy and uh, uh, skittles and, and and a drink, and was shot. What 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 bothers me uh, uh, about this whole thing is is that when we look at it from the perspective of jo- of George Zimmerman during the whole trial, we're focusing now on self defense, George's state of mind, Georgie. What was Georgie thinking? Was Georgie scared? You know, weak, little, defenseless, pudgy, overweight Georgie. Well, what was jo- Georgie was scared? The, the the uncle says, that's Georgie's voice. He's screaming out in fear. That's Georgie's voice, he says. We've been focusing on the state of mind of Zimmerman. I started out with the mom, but I kind of want to change it around a little bit before I start taking calls. 323-784-9638, and I see I'm going to get to 503 in just a minute and 916. Here we go, 916. What about Trayvon's state of mind? Okay. Um, I kind of wanted to, I had, I, I've got paperwork scattered all about here. Forgive me for my my uh, mess here. Uh, I wanted to go over something, and uh, before I got into the meat and potatoes, here it is, here it is, here it is. Don't, don't run yet. Here is the 911 call. I have it on a transcript. I didn't want to play it, but I did want you to hear my version of what George Zimmerman. I'm going to compare, and you probably have never heard this presented like this. This is probably the first time you're going to hear this. Let's look at the state of mind of Trayvon as George Zimmerman is with him. It says, George Zimmerman says, hey, this is the first call. This is when they first started. Hey, we've had some break-ins in my neighborhood, and there's a real suspicious guy. Stop right there. Do you think perhaps maybe Trayvon is beginning to think that George is a real suspicious guy? Continuing on, he says, I give the address, and he says, Zimmerman says, this guy looks like he's up to no good or he's on drugs or something. Do you think maybe there's a chance that Trayvon might have been thinking, this guy looks like he's up to no good. Maybe he's on drugs or something, right? Zimmerman continues and says, it's raining, and he's just walking around, looking about. Now, it's raining. George Zimmerman is following him, hence walking around. 
and staring at him. So far, wouldn't they both be kind of like in the same frame of mind? Isn't Trayvon now wondering who this guy is? Isn't he suspicious of Zimmerman now? I mean, am I the only one seeing this? So skipping over it, Zimmerman said, the dispatcher asked him, did you see what he was wearing? Zimmerman says, yeah, a dog hoodie. And then he says, he's just staring. He's just staring. What do you think Trayvon Martin was thinking when he was looking back at Zimmerman watching him? He's probably saying to himself, this guy's staring at me. Is it just me? Y'all with me? The dispatcher says, okay, so he's just walking around the area. Well, what was Zimmerman doing? Wasn't Zimmerman walking around the area? Zimmerman said he's looking at all the houses. Well, Zimmerman is looking at him. Zimmerman says, so now he's just staring at me. So I move on down, and the dispatcher says, so you're at the clubhouse. He's near the clubhouse right now, right? Zimmerman says, yeah, now he's coming towards me. Now, Zimmerman has been following him, but now he's coming toward him, Zimmerman says. He's got his hand in his waistband, and he's a black male. He's got his hand in his waistband, and he's coming toward him. What do you think, Trayvon Martin? Let's stop right here, because I want you all to really get this. I'm going somewhere with this. How many of you have been in a situation where you've noticed somebody following you? What's your state of mind? Are you relaxed? It's dark. It's rainy. A person sees you, gets out of their car, and follows you, and you're cool with that? Like I said, it's nothing? Then listen to what he says. Zimmerman says something's wrong with him. Yep. He's coming to check me out. He's got something in his hands. I don't know what his deal is. Think about what Trayvon Martin was thinking. We've been talking about Zimmerman all week. Back up and look at every word he said. Something's wrong with him. If you if you read back to what his girlfriend said, Trayvon said to him, he was questioning what's wrong with, with Zimmerman. Yep, he's coming to check me out. I'm sure Trayvon said, this guy's following me. He's got something in his hand. I'm sure Trayvon was wondering, did he have something? I don't know what his deal is, Zimmerman says. Well, I'm pretty sure Trayvon didn't know what his deal was. So Zimmerman says, these assholes, they always get away. Now, right there lets me know he's anxious to get this guy. So I'm not understanding why there's a problem with the frame of mind of Zimmerman? Why is he this weak, selfless, this pudgy little little guy that's just weak, not doing nothing, just scared? Says these assholes, they always get away. He's talking about a 17-year-old child that has candy and a drink, walking home. Please don't hang up, y'all. Listen to this. Then. Zimmerman says, after the dispatcher asked him where was he located by the clubhouse, and I repeat, I quote, 
I'm gonna. This is a. I'm not gonna curse, but he says. S h i t. Shit, he's running. Is what he says. He's running. He's running. Now, if that's true, why would Trayvon be running at this point? He's seen this guy following him. He don't know who he is. Zimmerman has never said, "Hey, I'm I'm the neighborhood watch. Can I ask you a couple of questions? Or uh, where are you going? Or who?" He took out running, according to Zimmerman. So dispatch said he's running. Which way is he running? Down towards the other entrance of the neighborhood. Then he says this word that we think when he said, "Well, they think he says you effing these effing coons." I can't say that he said that. I've listened to it a hundred times. I don't know. It really doesn't matter to me because the guy's frame of mind is not this weak little pudgy little guy that's just kind of innocently walking around checking out the neighborhood. Do you hear what he's saying? These assholes, they get away. Effing whatever he said, coons, effing coons. Dispatcher says, are you following him? He says, yeah, yeah, yes. I'm following him. So back up to all the stuff I just said. Zimmerman didn't know. I mean, Trayvon did not know what his deal was. Trayvon thought he was creepy. Trayvon thought he was suspicious. Trayvon thought he was up to no good. Trayvon thought he was going to get robbed. Zimmerman, the guy that was following him, was armed with a forty-five pistol. On the other hand, Trayvon, Trayvon was armed with candy and a drink. George Zimmerman, a couple of statements down, says he ran. He sounded disappointed when you listen to him on the phone. He ran. And I'm almost through because I don't want to go through the whole thing. I'm just going to get down here at the bottom where he says, he says, first he tells him to meet him at his truck, right? But then he changes his mind and says, well, actually, could you call me and I'll tell them where I'm at? Because the dispatcher had already told him not to follow this guy. But he says, call me, I'll tell you where I'm at. Why would he say that if he wasn't planning on leaving his truck anymore? Because he was following him. He was following a child. Now, I know Trayvon, you know, they got pictures of him doing stuff, and he's. Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. And and I'm through with that. I'm through with reading that. I, I just wanted to go over that with you to kind of put you in the frame of mind of Trayvon Martin. He saw this guy, this creepy cracker, as he put it, and I apologize if that in terms of offends anybody. I don't mean it. I'm just repeating what was said. He said that this guy was creepy and following him. What would you do? What would you think? How would you feel? What would your frame of mind be? If it's anything like mine, I would be thinking I need to defend myself, just like George Zimmerman. He said that Trayvon sucker punched him. What would have happened had had had, had Martin had uh, Zimmerman stayed in the car? precious people. Does the victim have the same right to self-defense when he's being chased by this person? Does he have the same right? Does Trayvon have the same right of self-defense? Did he? Did he? 
I think so. Zimmerman's part of Zimmerman's defense was he had no other choice. Three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. Three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. I'm gonna take a brief message. I'm coming going to the phones and I'm gonna get area code who came first. I'm gonna get area code five oh three and I'm gonna get area code uh nine one six and I got a couple more coming. We're gonna start getting the phones. If you wanna get in on the phone calls out three two three seven eight four nine six three eight and I'm gonna get you on the air. I want to talk about it. I got a few more things to say. We come back, we're going to go to the phones and start seeing what you got to say. Be right back. Right here on the Soul of America Radio. So say good night to the bad guy. Groovy. Welcome back to the Tony Starling Show. 323-784-9638. Press 1 if you want to speak to the host. We're back. And we are talking about the Trayvon Martin 
shooting. I, I don't say George Zimmerman trial. Um, I, I, you know, we got to put some life back in the fact that a 17-year-old child was gunned down. I want you to hear something uh, that, that Zimmerman said in a quick interview before I go to the phones when he was talking to Hannity. He alludes <laughs> that it was God's plan of what happened. Is there anything you regret? Do you regret getting out of the car to follow Trayvon that night? No, sir. Do you regret that you you had a gun that night? No, sir. Do you feel you wouldn't be here for this interview if you didn't have a gun? No, sir. I, I, Do you feel you would not be here? I feel that it was all God's plan, and for me to second-guess it or judge it. Um, Is there anything you might do differently in retrospect now that time has passed a little bit? No, sir. Wow. So it was all God's plan. It was all God's plan. 503, you're on the Soul of America Radio. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you, Tony? Hey, breathing in and breathing out. What do you think about that? It's all God's plan. From the moment I heard about the shooting in Florida, I was disturbed because I knew it would become a media circus Mm -hmm. and that it would become a reality show rather than the fact that a mother is grieving the loss of her child. I'm a mother. Mm. I'm also a woman that has been followed, has been accosted. And personally, I brought it up from the beginning, the state of mind of Trayvon. You're a young black man. You've got this strange-looking white man following you who you don't know. You're not doing anything but going home with your skittles and your drink, and you're being followed. Now, George Zimmerman has told several accounts of the story. Now, if Trayvon was running, how could he be coming up to the car? Which is it? But see, we only have Zimmerman's story. Trayvon is dead. Okay? Right. And the problem I'm having here with this entire matter is the fact that, number one, he was told by 911 to stop following him. Number two... He was told not to get out of his vehicle. He did neither. He did exactly the opposite of what he was instructed. Now, I posted something on Facebook today about an incident that happened to me about a year and a half ago. Right. Where I had to call 911 because I had been accosted by a man when I was walking home in the dark from the bus, and he came, and I always walk in the street for my safety. Mm-hmm. And he came out into the middle of the street, and I noticed this man had been kind of squatting there for about a month anyway. Long story short, he stood in the street to block my way, told me I needed to get on the sidewalk and that he had a gun. Well, I just stared him down, and I walked past him within arm's length. When I got to the corner where I was safe, I called 911, and I okay. told them about the man that he'd been squatting there, and that um, he said he had a gun, and that he had threatened me. I didn't see the gun, but I wasn't going to question whether or not he had a gun or not. 911 told me, do not go back down there. I was three doors from home. They said, go home. The police will call you. 
Mm-hmm. 20 minutes later, we look out the window. The police are there. The man is being arrested. Now, at this point, I don't know why. I said, ooh, maybe he did have a gun. Right. Well, a month later, I get a subpoena for grand jury about this man. He was white. I'm black. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he was an unregistered sex offender. Wow. And he was squatting there and was using a random address in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. a neighborhood that it experienced burglaries, and every neighborhood does. But everybody in the neighborhood should not be suspicious of someone that they don't know. I don't know everyone who lives in that neighborhood. But the fact right. of the matter is, when I got home, my girlfriend, who I was staying with at the time, I was temporarily separated from my husband and her daughter, who's in her 20s, my, my girlfriend has a gun there. Uh, we also have a machete, and we had a baseball bat. And they wanted to go back down there, and I said, no, no, no. 911 told me to stay here, and the police would contact me. Right, right. And I held, I held that back. Now, what if we had gone down, back down there with the gun, the machete, and the baseball bat? Right. Who would be wrong? We would right. be. We right. would be wrong. I have no right or no defense because I was told to not to go on away. Let not, well, then let the police handle it. The whole point of calling nine one one or or any kind of law enforcement support system like 911 is to do what they say. I mean, Zimmerman escalated this. First of all, he stalked a young man. First, he was out trolling. I I believe personally that if it wasn't Trayvon, it could have been anybody. He was out looking for someone to intimidate because he was a small little man. And that's just the way it is. But why do you think, and I can't for the life of me figure this out, why are we focusing, I mean, I know I know the law goes a certain way. I, I've got some background in, in criminal justice. I, I took it to college, whatever that means. But why are we focusing? I know his, 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 uh, his, his defense is self-defense, right? But why are, yeah. why are we not able to go back into what got this where it is? I can't see why we're focusing on his frame of mind when we can't focus on Trayvon's frame of mind. You see what I'm saying? That was my focus. First of all, as a black child, I have brothers, six. Any strange white man following me, the first thing come up in your mind, serial killer. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. that's just the way it is. My husband mm-hmm. is white. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first met him, he was a little too aggressive, and I said, well, he might be a serial killer. And mm-hmm. I pushed her, I got him away from me right. simply because <laughs> you don't know who these people are. I mean, Trayvon right. Martin had every right to be afraid. He had some strange white man following you in a vehicle. I mean, really? And he's he's not supposed to be afraid, and he's a kid. You know, they say, or or, or uh, not they, but uh, um, uh, the uh, the knowledge. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, well-read, uh, educated people oh, in yeah. the field. The brain, for one thing, is the one organ in the human body we know the least about, okay? Right. And number right. two, a person's brain is still developing up until the age of 24. Trayvon was 17. George Zimmerman right. is past 24, so he should be there, or he should have been. The fact mm-hmm. of the matter is that 
He said he took his gun, he was going to Target. Now, first of all, if I was Target, I'd be upset for him for even putting my name in it. And what kind of Target store does he shop at that he has to strap on a piece to go to? See, this is not, this man, this man is, 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 you know, his frame of mind is clear. But that child was scared. And all of our parents taught us to, you know, walk fast, get away from there if somebody's following you. I've been fouled. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. As a child, we're taught to stay away from strangers. In this exactly. instance, exact stranger danger. Just, I don't mm-hmm. know if you heard me at the top of the store, the the, the, the uh, show. I went through that Zimmerman 911 call, and everything Zimmerman yeah, I said, I guarantee you, I'll be willing to bet you. Like like uh, Don Kinesis said, I'll be willing to bet your bottom dollar that Trayvon thought everything he said. He said that. I think he's I think he's up to no good. I'm sure Trayvon thought that. He said, I think he's on drugs. I'm sure Trayvon thought that. He said, exactly. you know, he's just walking around looking. I'm sure Trayvon thought that. Yes, I just don't understand exactly. why we can't go back and say, look, had Zimmer had, had Trayvon's state of mind was the same place that George is claiming now, Zimmerman is claiming now. Fear. He ran out of fear. He confronted him if he did out of fear, wouldn't you think so? Even more so than that, George Zimmerman was not afraid. Okay? If he was afraid, he wouldn't have left the safety of his vehicle. He was not That's afraid. True. He had a gun and he knew it. There right. was no fear in Zimmerman. He was right. an, the aggressor. Okay? I don't, right. I don't receive that George Zimmerman. He was scared once he got out and Trayvon fought for his life because mm-hmm. Trayvon didn't know this man. He didn't know what he was up to. And let's face right. it, 99.9% of all serial killers in America are, are white men between the ages of 33 and 45. That is an FBI wow. fact. Okay? Right. So right. if people don't, don't understand black children, we as black people, we have a reason to fear white people. They've given it to us mm-hmm. time and time again. Okay. Mm-hmm. The brother in Texas that was, 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 was a little intoxicated and was walking home and, and three white guys in a truck and they drug him and his body was just mangled through. I mean, we have a reason to fear because right. one thing is for sure. If they do something to us, they will get off. If we do something to them, we may be executed or spend the rest of our life in prison. And wow. another fact that I, mm-hmm. I posted on Facebook that people mm-hmm. need to stop at, the lies that they hear on the media. You go to the federal government and you look at it. 60% mm-hmm. of all violent crimes are committed by white males. That's wow. a fact. Not from me. This is a study by white people, so don't 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 say it's from some black person saying it. Right. And right. they say that although and something like fifty fifty one percent or sixty percent of all those incarcerated are African American and it's usually a drug crime totaling fifty dollars or less. So so what Stop. you're saying is is that 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 over the history, uh given what you're saying that this we really have a reason to be scared when somebody uh and, and he didn't know if he was Hispanic he just thought he was white based on his conversation we have a reason to be uh, afraid that he might do something to him right is that what you're saying of course exactly 
Exactly. I tell you what, hold on, hang on. Uh, I'm going to bring our caller in, and I'm going to keep everybody in, but I'm going to let 916 come in and join us. 916, are you on? Yes, I am. Hey, welcome to the Soul of America Radio. What do you think about what we've been saying? Anything you want to add or what's up? Thank you so much uh, for taking my call. Uh, Absolutely. Um, Going back to what you were saying, the well, adding on to the frame of mind, the possible frame of mind of Trayvon, of course this child was scared. Who would not be? Yeah. Someone following you in the dark, in the rain, okay? They're following you. They're first looking at you, staring at you out of their car. And right. then they get out of the car and start following you. You start running. This person yeah. runs after you. Of course you're going to be scared. You're scared as all get out. A grown mm-hmm. person will be scared, let alone, let alone a child. Exactly. And so exactly. going to what Trayvon's frame of mind is when he and uh, Zimmerman connect is, why is this guy after me? You know, what well, do you want? Do you think instead of him telling him instead of him addressing the situation and saying, I am the neighborhood watch person for this area exactly. and I uh I was watching you because you know, right. I hadn't seen you before. Okay, addressing this child in a calm manner, letting him know who he is. Yes. Did you see what I'm saying? It even could have been settled at that point. But 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 think about it. Think about it now. We are told over and over, we were told over and over and over in this trial, if Zimmerman was afraid of Martin, according to Florida law, he had the right to put a bullet in the chamber of his concealed handgun, get out of his car after being told not to do so by 911, follow him, stalk him, confront him, and shoot him to death. And at the same time, we are told that Martin who had a greater reason to fear him and for reasons of, you know, of our history that that uh that the five oh three brought out, we were told that he was entirely unjustified by doing so. And I'm wondering, I don't know how we got to this point. I'm still looking back going, how are we focusing on this and not how it got started? Well, one is they have said they could not come up with the depraved well, the media has said, and the lawyers on the media have said that they don't get uh, the second-degree uh, murder because they don't see the ill will and depraved mind of Zimmerman. Well, ill will is, you know, what he said on the phone to the dispatch person. These effing so-and-so-and-so. You see what I'm saying? They always get away. That's ill will. You're, you're these assholes. Okay, mm. running after him. That, running after someone and saying you got some against them, you're gonna get them. I don't see how that's so hard to prove. Even before he reaches the guy, the ill will and depraved mind is there. I don't. It's provable. It's quite provable. Well, now, what was, whether was he, 
what, 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 shifting the gears just a little bit. Let me let me pose this. Let me let me start with five hundred three. Why do you think that this is? Uh, and and I and I feel comfortable saying this. Why do you think that we're divided racially? Why why do you think that? And, and I'm I'm gonna say this. I, I know people might tend to disagree, but I see it. I I, I read the post on Facebook. Uh, the predominantly white. Uh, supporters of Zimmerman are using racial slurs on these. Go, if you don't believe me, get on Facebook and type in Zimmerman supporter, and you're going to see all these Facebook groups come up. Go in and read them and see, don't you see the N-word multiple times on there? Why? I'm going to start with 503. Why do you think we are so racially divided on this? Why? I think it's it's we've never been together. America, and I, I may get a lot of people who don't like this, but America is based on a lie, okay? Supposedly the Europeans came here for religious freedom, yet they get here and they start burning people as witches. And number two, there were people here when they got here that they neatly exterminated and took their land. America something that Frederick Douglass said in a July 4th speech in 1851 when he was asked to speak at um, a 4th of July speech. Mm-hmm. He said, yeah, uh, 1841, the 4th of July. He stated, and it is true, America is false to the past, false to the present, and solemnly binds herself to be false to the future. First of all, we have never been one nation under God. Religious right. freedom does not mean Christianity. It means right. religious freedom. Okay? Right. Number right. two, I also feel that with the history of this nation and the African Americans, None of that has ever really been resolved. No one has been what they say um, debriefed, okay? Mm-hmm. That is still a part that is ingrained into the very fiber of America. Hatred, distrust Hatred. of someone with dark skin. And the term right. racism in and of itself is an oxymoron. We right. are all right. one race, one race, human. We're different hues, ethnicities, creeds, religions, political standings, but we're one race, and that's right. human. And the problem is, when we were brought here in the bowels of those slip ships packed like sardines, we were basically cast down as non-human. And there are a lot of people who still feel that mm-hmm. way today. And, and let me ask and, this. Let me let, 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 let me say this before we're going to go to a break. I'm going to get back with you. But listen to this. Before I go to the break, I'm going to inject this, and I'm going to come back, and we're going to get 513. Listen to this. Now, I remember, you both remember the movie Do the Right Thing with Spike Lee? You remember that? Yes. Now, there's a, a scene in it, and, and, and I remember it very well. Now, it's, it's, it, there, I hear people talking about it, and I know Spike Lee mentioned it. In the movie Do the Right Thing, and particularly in the reaction to a, it was a climatic scene when the police murdered a black teenager, okay? And Lee's character, the guy he was playing, just got angry and picked up and threw a trash can 
through the window of this white-owned pizza place. Now, Lee said, Spike Lee said that years after the movie came out, okay, he told an interviewer, he said, well, white people still ask me, why did Mookie throw the can through the window? Twenty years later, they're still asking him. But guess what? No black person, he said, in 20 years, no person of color has ever asked him why. You know why? Because they think differently than we do. And I can't explain that. But I can say this. They say it's not about race. It's got to be. We sit down the middle. It's got to be. So hang on, hold on. Don't go nowhere. We're going to take this quick message, this quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to get some other calls, and we're going to finish where we at. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. Stalling does it better. At least that's what I've been told. We'll be right back. Center, 
uh, I mean, uh, it, 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 and future generations uh, will likely puzzle over how the term racial profiling could have been banned by the judge before the trial even began. I know I am. It's kind of tripping me out how it, how it came about like that. And I another thing, and uh, welcome to the to the show five thirteen. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you? All right, and I've got uh, 503 and 916. Your mics are open, but just hold on a minute. 513, before I get you to start, I want to say this. It is just killing me how this man shot Trayvon point blank. Now, he's a good guy, right? He's just this friendly little pudgy guy, this weak little defensive guy that just was scared. So he puts a bullet in his heart. What did he do after he put the bullet in his heart, after he shot him? Did he try to revive him? Nope. Did he say, call the paramedics? I just shot somebody. Nope. Did he say, help, help, somebody get somebody help? Nope. He stood over him, according to the testimony today that we've heard, and spread his arms out. Does that sound like the kind of person that's scared? I know me, had I had to shoot somebody, I I, I have been a police officer. I, I was a sworn police officer for a number of years. Anytime you pull your weapon, you're nervous. Trust me. It's, I don't care how many John Wayne police officers you talk to, you're nervous. He shoots this guy, kills him, and then stands over him and spreads his arm out? Welcome to the show, 513. How you doing tonight? I'm good. And yourself? All right. What do you think about this? Um, I, first of all, I want to thank you for taking my call. And, again, I'd like to apologize for not being able – I won't be able to stay on the phone. I'm at work, but I couldn't miss this. Oh, um, I am so disturbed. I am so disturbed by the whole thing, and I've been doing a lot of reading and a lot of research. And mm-hmm. just to piggyback off what you were saying about the 911 call, one of the things that stood out to me was um, the operator said um, – Asked, told him, well, the dispatcher told him he didn't need him to follow him. Well, Zimmerman said, oh, I just think he's trying to intimidate me. Hmm. And then he said, oh, shit, he's running. Right. You know, right. there's so much conflicting information every time he tells his story, but that in and of itself is telling me he has something to prove. And um, not to get off course, but hmm. Um, hmm. as it relates to the Stand Your Ground Law, um, hmm. Representative Dennis Bradley speaks about um, – how the law itself does not give um, Neighborhood Watch or others who feel um, like they have the authority to pursue and confront people. This is what they call aggravating an incident. So everything surrounding Zimmerman's testimony is telling me exactly who the aggressor was. Why Why am I, I mean, are we the only ones seeing that? Right. You know. Right. Right. This young man and was what? minding his own business and... For you to perceive that he was a threat or suspicious because he was what black in a hoodie, I have five grandsons. They have the right to express their individuality as a black person by wearing a hoodie. Will they be perceived as suspicious every time they go somewhere because they're in a predominantly white neighborhood? So my biggest concern is what are we going to do? What can we do? for provisions in that law because I think the root of it as far as him being able to get off is in the stand your ground law. What gives you the right to have a vigilante mentality? 
I just don't get it. I am so you, confused. This whole trial to go this far. This this is just cold blooded murder. And it looks like this young man because he had something to prove. He was not afraid in the least bit. When when I was a police officer, we were told we had to have probable cause to oh my goodness to to approach an individual, right? Let alone pull a gun out. And we're talking about just probable cause. And walking down the street, you know that they're saying that Zimmerman following him was not against the law, and Zimmerman stalking him was not against the law. Uh, Zimmerman uh, 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 profiling him was not against the law. The only thing wrong happened that night was he killed Trayvon. Trayvon put himself in a position, they said, to be killed. And I'm still tripping out on this wussy defense, this poor George Martin, just a wussy, a wimp, never threw a punch, just kind of laid there, didn't do anything, just a pudgy, overweight, scared little man. Hmm. Well, I appreciate you, Carla. And, and, I mean, before you go, let me ask you this. Do you see any credible I, – I have been trying to find somebody. What do you think would have happened had George Zimmerman stayed in his in his truck, in his car? Nothing would have happened. Trayvon would have made it home that night safe. I just don't understand why these six jurors won't think the same thing tonight when we come up with the uh, – because manslaughter, I don't know if you know the elements of manslaughter. If Even if he gets away with second-degree murder, manslaughter, he doesn't have to have this rage. This out, He just has to be negligent. That's all he has to be is negligent. And that he was. <laughs> Clearly that he was. Wow. Well, I appreciate your call. Thank. And you gonna are you gonna be able to stick, keep listening, or you gotta you gotta uh, cut us off? I'll listen in off and on, but I appreciate you for taking my call. No problem. When you get off, when I when I click you off, go ahead and press one, and that way you'll be able to press one to get back in and let me know you want to get back in. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Hang on. Hang on. Um, we get to uh, let me ask nine one six again. Nine one six. You still there? Yes, I am. Hey, I was I was talking with uh you know, before we went to the break and I had a question I wanted to throw at you before I get to uh eight five six. Eight five six, hang on, I'm gonna get to you. You heard me say earlier that and and I've been trying to deal with this myself and I wanted someone else's viewpoint on this. Wouldn't you think first of all, today in the court I think the prosecution did an excellent job. They should have done this from day one. But wouldn't you think if George was this this happy-go-lucky neighborhood guy, this friendly guy that helped everybody in the neighborhood, wouldn't he, number one, because he wanted to be a police officer, everybody knows that, wouldn't he, number one, had at least tried to get the paramedics if he was so concerned? Wouldn't he have tried to seek help? Don't you think that he might have said, try to revive the guy or run away if you shoot somebody and they fall over and they die or, or they're breathing like they're going to die. Wouldn't you have the instinct to run and beat on somebody's door? Get the cops. Get the cops. Wouldn't you think that would be his frame of mind? Uh, of course. Of course. Um, he had told this individual after the cops arrived to call his wife and tell her that he had shot someone. Okay? Uh I heard that it was in a calm, you know, uh, voice, but when the guy, you know, didn't 
respond quite the way he wanted to, then he shouts him to call my wife and just tell her I shot somebody. You know, uh, that was the only thing there as far as the calling somebody is concerned. But I would like to get back to your black-white issue. Yeah, go ahead. Um, A bit um, as to how uh, things are seen differently among the race and stuff. Because we, as black people, will see it as, uh, the continuing of oppression or wrongdoing or uh, injustice and what have you. Well, the dominant, and they see themselves, and I'm not talking about all white people, okay, I'm talking about the white people that continue to oppress, even through the law, even through the legal system, those that continue to oppress uh, see this as a way, if they don't speak um, uh, for Zimmerman, okay, if they don't speak pro-Zimmerman, then uh, that might be reason to change some of these laws. Do you see what I'm saying? So they they are, in a sense, protecting themselves, of course. They're protecting their place in society. Uh, And and to change that, it would equalize things to not see it, to see it as wrong and to see uh, uh, Trayvon, you know, as the teenager, okay, as the victim of this situation, it would equalize things somewhat to see him as a victim instead of the third. Hmm. And you know, the 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 uh, the, the, the I don't think that we'll ever get across that divide. Not right now. Not in this time. And and that's another reason I'm kind of straying off the subject. I'm going to get to eight five six right quick. But that's another reason that it, I'm disturbed at how we're kind of distracted. And I think me and you had this conversation on Facebook. I think it's kind of disturbing me how we get distracted away from some of the other things, elements, uh, like the Voting Rights Act. Um, uh, uh, most of the uh, the majority of the white people that I've encountered say, well, we're, be- we're better now. Slavery was a long time ago. My God, we've got a black president. Things are a lot better. And so we don't really need that portion. That's what they were saying. I don't want to stray from the subject, but I, I think it does kind of coincide uh, with uh, with what's going on. And hang on. Don't go nowhere. And hang on, 503. I still got you. Eight five six. how you doing tonight? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? Oh, welcome to the show. How are you doing tonight? Tell, tell me, so what's on your mind? What do you think about it? You've heard the discussion, right? I, I did. I have been listening to the discussion now. Even though I called in, what sparked, uh, I'll say, was the was the comment in regards to, I guess, okay. I'm on Facebook. Can can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead. Oh, then it was, uh, I'm on Facebook a lot. So I, I like to blog a lot also, and I had a lot of discussions with a lot of, uh, I'll say, a lot of my white uh, friends and whatnot. And I see it often, whereas they do feel like I'll bring up, like, when Obama, the the voting back in November, you know, it, it sparked, uh, you saw a lot of outrage, saw a lot of racist comments in regards to that situation, and here we are again. Uh, same, same place we were a year and a half ago in regards to this case. And I believe it goes to a sense of entitlement, you know, with them. As 916 was saying earlier, they're trying to secure their place. And I believe that so when they see a people that they've held down for so long trying to, so if you want to say, rise up, you know, it, it, it's threatening to them, you know, and, and, and you know, when you're scared, you, you lash out. 
Right. And that and that's kind of what that, that's what I see from uh, regards to the question of why you see the hatred, you know, the the the, the comments that that we see on Facebook. And I believe well, a lot of it has to do with. And then it's the frame of mind too. I've noticed um, on one of the CNN um, um, videos, and that you know, if you watch a CNN video about it, they have comments up under it. Um, somebody said, and it, and it intrigued me. They said that the black people, and she identified herself as white. She said the black people don't have Martin Luther King to keep them nonviolent, and uh, she said that. Uh, um, the black people, if they were smart, would would not start any kind of violent activity or riot. And it's interesting because one of my people in the chat room, uh, uh, he says he's uh, white, and he says he wants a guilty verdict because he thinks George is full of crap. But he says that uh, he brings up the issue of what would happen if he were found not guilty. And to sort of flip the script a little bit because of time, and I'm posing this basically uh, to anybody, do you think, I, I, I don't agree that there's a, that we that we are, are so dumb that we have to, we all listen to one person. I, that, that wasn't even what the civil rights is about. We all are collectively and individual at the same time. But do you think, and I'm posing this to basically anybody, do you see, do you think that if, a not guilty verdict comes. Do you see a riot? No, I don't see. I don't see a riot. What 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 I see is, I see a lot of black people sitting around expecting a not guilty verdict. That's what I see. And what I also see is a lot of people, both black and white, mobilizing and joining hand in this issue simply because. It's not just black people who see this as a crime, as a murder, as a destruction of a young life. It's white people, too. I mean, I I know white people are more outraged than I am. They're ready to go burn something down. So this this is not about color. And those ignorant people who go on Mm -hmm. into Facebook and make these comments, Mm -hmm. they do it out of fear. That's their own fear. That's their own issue. And, you know, I learned a long time ago, that's not my problem. That's yours. Right. Right. I don't that. 916, what do you think about it? You think we're going to have a riot if, it, if it's a not guilty? No, I do not. No, I do not. And I hope not. But do I see uh, planning, organizing, mobilizing, uh, peaceful protests, I hope so. But do you really okay. think so? We had this chat on Facebook. Do you think that after a week, after a month, we're going to forget about it? I hope not. Do you think so? Do you see that? I hope not. I absolutely hope not. And no, I don't think so. And even if there is a guilty verdict, I hope not. Because going back to him not being charged in the first place when he should have been. Okay, and also, uh, in addition to the Voting Rights Act, Okay, we to organize about this stuff. Okay, yeah. it's not gonna if if we let it go, it will be suppressed and forgotten about. Let's be honest though, nine one six. I'm right. and, and we talked about this passionately on Facebook. But let's be honest. In one month, I'm just submitting this to you. 
in one month, we will be looking back at it. You know why? CNN is going to get another story, and we're going to just follow them like it's a reality show. I promise you, I don't want that to happen. But that's what I've been seeing over and over again. And that's why I think, as to go to what White Lady spoke of earlier in regards to us needing a leader, I think that that would be, you know, a good reason why, because like history has shown us, yes, of course, in a month, we've forgotten. We we will forget about it unless we have that person to motivate us and show us how to channel, you know, that, that anger that we have inside to, to be productive. So, you know, in the end, you know, something positive can come out of this because just us sitting at home watching, like you said, CNN with the next story, then we'll forget all about Trey Trayvon Martin unless we had that leader that we haven't had outside of, uh, you know, some people want to consider Al, Al Sharpton, you know, our our leader. But know, do, we, do, the do black we need a leader? leader? But do we need no. a leader? Do you think we need a leader? No. I honestly believe that you that in, in any group, in any type of group, whether it be a group of five or a group of five million, there needs to be a leader. You know, it could be because of my military my, or my law enforcement background, and I've always had that chain of command, and I believed it to be necessary. You know, so that could be, you know, Jay, my opinion, but I do believe that a leader is necessary. That, that can work. Who is the white? Who is the white people's leader? That's a good question. <laughs> okay, they have they have uh, Alec, you know, the uh, gun lobbying. Uh, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a one individual. You know, it can be. See, this is what I mean. We 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 too often as African Americans, we're putting we're 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 putting we're pigeonholed too much. We need a leader. It's like we're little children, and each of us can't in our own right, decide something in, in, in middle communities, grassroots efforts, and execute it. I don't need a leader. I'm a thinker. I, I sit, I listen, I watch, I observe, and I have opinions. Yes, there are people whose opinions I value very much, but as far as a leader, you know, who's the white people's leader? Okay. I well, what, what, what are what, 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 and, and white people. Hey, I think you're fading out. Eight five six. You there? Oh yes, I'm here. Okay, good. So you I was, faded I out. She said, "Who's the white people's leader? Who are, who's their leader?" You know, I don't necessarily see um, them needing one in the the position that they hold in our in our society, or them saying that they need that they need to come together to accomplish something. I don't see them saying that. We do. And whenever there's a mission involved, you know, for you to say that, yes, I, I respect your opinion, say you have an opinion, you don't need a leader, you're able to think for yourself and come up with certain ideas. But how do you get those ideas out there to the masses? There you go. Yeah. Or are your ideas getting out? So maybe you need someone to show you or for you to go to that person, and they put your ideas out there, just like us calling into, you know, this, this radio station. It's being played for the masses. It, the information is, is getting out. But if you just sat at home and said nothing, it's not accomplishing anything. But this is a forum that, as far as this this attitude that we as black people always need a leader 
is a, is a little insulting. Their grassroots operations in every corner of this country that are meeting and discussing this whole issue. Right here in Portland, Oregon, where I am, about Trayvon Martin, okay? So it's not necessarily we need a leader. We just need people mobilized, period. Wow, and, and, and look here, I, I am slap out of time. I, I want to thank all of you for, for coming. And both all three of you have some valid points. Um. I don't know, man. I, I think that we need forums like this. We need more forums like this. I think we need to talk about it more. Um, I think that we need to get... Let, let, let me get... I got one more caller here that wants to get in on it. I'm going to try to get him in. We're pressed for time. we got about five minutes. Uh, 205. 205, can you hear me? You hear me? 205? Yes, can you Are you on? Uh, yeah. Can you hear me? Hello? Oh. Yeah. Uh, you, Hello? Go ahead. We got a couple of minutes. Go ahead. What's your, what's your comment? Okay. I just wanted to just keep it real. If Trayvon Martin would have just taken himself straight home, all of this would have been a mute discussion. Wow. <laughs> That's all I wanted to say. Okay. I appreciate that. Uh, eight, eight two. I mean, uh, call the two or five. Said that Trayvon just taking himself straight home. All of this would have been uh, would have been immediate. And I, and I agree. Uh, the only thing about it is, I wouldn't want to take a stranger to my house. Uh, if a person's following me, I'm not gonna go home. Uh, that's that's gonna be the last place I go. Um, uh, I, I think that uh, there, if I'm not mistaken, that there was a 12 year old child at the house. And I think Trayvon just might not have wanted that um, that that child exposed to it. You don't want a stranger to know to know where you are. You don't want a, a, a possible rapist or a possible murderer to know where you live. So I appreciate the call, and and I think you have uh, I think you feel strongly about it. But one thing is for sure, everybody, uh, this case brought out the worst in some of us. And I can't believe all of the racist comments that I've seen from site to site. Some are crazy. And if, let's be clear about this. If George Zimmerman is found guilty, which is real, a real possibility after watching this, and uh, he is not innocent at all, okay? The law may allow him to go free, but at the end of the day, he killed a 17-year-old young man, okay? He did. If you want to argue that he could get off based on the current self-defense laws, then I agree with you wholeheartedly, but please. Don't spew your ignorant and hateful comments about this and talk about how Martin deserved it. And I've seen it. He deserved it. He killed an N-word, they say. He killed the N-word. So what? It would have happened eventually. They killed each other. Well, was Martin a knuckleheaded kid out there trying to play hard to fit in? Possibly. But he wasn't a hardened thug or a killer. He wasn't armed. He wasn't a criminal. He is, however dead at 17. Can we agree on that? He will never graduate from high school. He will never vote. He will never get married. He will never have children. He got 17 years on this earth. That's all he had. This is not about race to me. I mean, they're making it about race. It's not about race. It's about a 17-year-old child. Trayvon 
is dead. And Zimmerman will not ever live a normal life. There are going to be no winners, people. Thank you for listening tonight. I really appreciate all the comments in uh, 205-503-916 and uh, the other one that hung up. I've got tons of listeners. I appreciate you guys for listening. I love you. Uh, we got a, the, the verdict is out. Uh, the jury is out for the weekend. And uh, we're expecting a possible decision tomorrow. So everybody hang close and pray for justice in this. Pray for justice because there ain't no winner. All right, everybody, I'm Tony Stallings, and the fat lady is singing. But remember, if the lights are out in the stadium, if the parking lot is empty, if it looks like you lost because the schoolboy says you lost, if God has said you won, you need to recheck the scoreboard because you really won. Tune in next time I have a show. I'm going to broadcast it on Facebook to be announced. I love you all. Keep soaring.